from Byron, Mississippi. It's Lakeshore Church. And now we join Pastor Jay Frazier for today's message. When Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the sea. One of the synagogue leaders, named Jairus, came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, My little daughter is dying. Come and lay your hands on her so that she can get well and live. If you remember, we preached this about Jairus on Father's Day. So Jesus went with him, and a large crowd was following and pressing against him. Now a woman suffering from a bleeding from bleeding for 12 years had endured much under many doctors. She had spent everything she had and was not helped at all. On the contrary, she became worse. <laughs> sort of sounds like today, doesn't it? Oh, let me find my place. Having, verse 27, having heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothing. For she said, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be made well. Instantly, her flow of blood ceased, and she sensed in her body that she was healed of her affliction. At once, Jesus realized in himself that power had gone out from him. He turned around to the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? His disciples said to them, you see the crowd pressing against you, and yet you say, who touched me? You, I've told you there's some things in this story that have just changed me forever. Listen to this. You'll hear it at the end. I, I think again, did you know that you can be in the crowd and not touch him? Everybody get it? Who touched you? They're all touching you. We're all here at church. We're all on Facebook. We're all reading the Word. We're all doing all this. We're all touching him. You can be in the crowd and not touch him. Verse 32, then he looked around to see who had done this. The woman with fear and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be healed from your affliction. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord. You know today, Lord, how much I desire for my words to be yours and my thoughts to be yours, and every one of us would walk in obedience today. I pray for that one that came really just unbeknowing. They hadn't given it a thought today that they have an issue just like this lady. I pray, God, that today that we would realize that our issues define who we are. And the measure of where we are in you is how well we allow you to deal with the issues in our life. I pray, God, your blessings, and we'll be careful to give you the praise now and forevermore. For we ask it and pray it in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said... Amen, amen. You may be seated. Thank you. In the last two and a half weeks, I've been made more aware of, of people's issues than I have in a long time. Uh, let me tell you some things. First thing, I'll reference some about COVID. Uh, if you did not know, uh, we just got over it. We just got returned to community <laughs> just a few days ago. My wife and I both had, had it. Uh, I have a whole new understanding uh, whatever I had a year ago, um, close, well, not quite a year, seven or eight months ago is a, uh, a distant cousin to what I've had the last couple of weeks, all right? That's all I'll say about that. But in that, not only do you deal with your own issues uh, that you're going through, and, and I'm not going to make it more or less and then spend much time on it, but it also makes you mindful of others. When you're interacting um, on, on the phone because you're in quarantine, you're interacting with a parent. That, and you have life-death conversations about their teenage child, that will change you, folks. Hmm. 
Or when you're dealing with a, a spouse that's on the phone and it's a, he's a good-sized guy, got his act, he's put together in trembling voice, and you can hear the emotion in his voice when you're talking to him on the phone because you can't see him person to person because of what's going on in my own body and my own life. And you can hear the uncertainty and, and uh, wonder of whether his wife is going to make it. It'll change you. Um, an appreciation more and more. Uh, the things of my own, <laughs> these issues, that, that where we are as a society and where we are as families and where we are as a church and the unknown for the community and our country and our world, let alone for our church and our families and what we're doing. Never been more uncertain than I am today. I'm, one, I'm not an organizational freak, but I like organization. You hear me? <laughs> I, I'm, not a, I'm not a chaotic person, but I can't stand chaos. And yet today I look and I have no idea to tell you what the next three months to six months a year holds for us as individuals, family, country, community, and even church. So in the middle of that, I've come to tell you that you and I am reminded that we deal with issues in every part of our life. Issues define us. This woman was defined by the issue of blood in her life. I've never preached this before. Now, I've preached about the woman with the issue of blood dozens of times. I have referred to her maybe a hundred times in sermons of over 30, almost 35 years. But let me tell you this. I've never preached on issues. And I think God has an appointment sometimes that just works, you know. I'd probably worked on half of this sermon two weeks ago, three weeks ago, before it was supposed to be, you know, and, and, and today it just fits. It would have fit two or three weeks ago, but it really fits today because of where I am and where you are. But when we talk about issues of life, listen to this very carefully. The fall of man brought all this stuff on. Don't you believe for a minute and lay it at God's feet that God desires for you and me to go through the junk that we're going through. We have a God who loves us. Amen? Well, I don't know, preacher. I might disagree with that. When I see all the suffering in the world, how in the world can there be a God of love? Listen to me. For God so loved the world. <laughs> you fill in the rest of the verse. If you don't know it, there's you some homework for next week. God loves us. Then why are we in the shape we're in? We're in the shape we're in because man sinned. And the fall of sin, there's a fall out of sin and some of the fallout of sin is we have what we have. God never intended. God doesn't do this to folks. I can show you verse after verse that shows you Old Testament and New Testament. That's not that God. But yet we bear in our body, we bear in our society the product of being a fallen people away from a holy God. Someone said, you and I are either in trouble, we're coming out of trouble, or we're fixing to experience some trouble in our life. And when you go, wow, that doesn't sound like too good a life at all. But yet it's also the product of the world that we live in. I found this. I just like little simple things I find on the Internet. And uh, this, this one helps me, you know. <laughs> this helps me. There, there's probably, and this is not just a, a pessimistic person, you know. It, it, it's not just the person that they, grow, they get up and the glass is half empty, you know. But trouble finds me. And, and yet the thing I've come to tell you is Jesus took this subject up that trouble is part of our world. Just like that quote, and, and here's the verse in John chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus said this. He said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. 
God's desire for you in your life, regardless of how big the turmoil and the trouble is in your life, God desires for us to have peace in our life. And I've been there, folks. There's a couple of things I will share very personal today over the last couple of weeks that has reminded me that God provides for us, even in the midst of the trouble and the turmoil, God desires to, to provide for us peace in our life. That's his desire, that you may have peace. Listen to this. You will have suffering in this world. You say, man, this is a terrible, this is a down, and this sermon is down and out. We're going to have trouble. Why? Because God likes to pour out wrath on people and God likes to hurt people? No, we're going to have trouble in this life because we are sinners. We took, the, we took the love of a holy God in a sinless garden and decided we wanted to do it our way. And as Paul reminds us, that sin that Adam and Eve did, every one of us here today, everyone hearing this and anyone else, all of us are sinners. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And see, in that, grab a hold of this thought, is that in that fallenness, God didn't leave us there to our demise, but he provided a way in Jesus Christ that we could have hope today. See, that goes against it. (laughs) It goes against the norm. Trouble finds me. And listen to this. I love this. Be courageous. The, the King James says, be of good cheer. Be, of, be courageous today. Understand this, that Jesus has provided for us. He's overcome that world. He's overcome those things, those issues in our life, so that you and I can be victorious. Wow. What a great verse. What a great verse just to walk through, even maybe this week. If, if you have issues, if you have trouble, if, if it's, it's, it's knocking down your door, if you're dealing with some of this junk like we have been, Listen, be courageous today. He's overcome the world. Mm. All right? I want to share with you some thoughts about issues. <laughs> These issues that we've referred to. The, the, the first one, and it's a big word, but when I think about issues, the first thing that comes to mind, and I've already alluded to it, is the symmetry of issues. Symmetry. Big, big word. Um, I've always liked math. I, I like the applied things. I like things working out. I like, I like figuring things out. Uh, I've always liked doing mind puzzles. Uh, that kind of thing. I like figuring stuff. I, I, I don't really like just regurgitation of information, though I love history more today than ever. Uh, I like plum. Do y'all know what plum is? I'm not talking about the little fruit that you eat. Uh, I, I like level. Do you, do you understand what I'm talking about? Uh, it drives me crazy when I walk in somebody's house and they have a crooked picture on the wall. Does that bother any of you? If, if it doesn't bother you and you turn your head, something's wrong in your head. I just want you to know that. But, but I, I, like, I like symmetry. I like things that look right. I see things when they don't. I can tell you crazy stories. I, I do have some other personalities inside me. I don't need a, a diagnosis. But when somebody's been talking to me, I can tell you what's going on in the wall behind them, you know, and it's, it's a listening thing sometimes. But I love symmetry. The, the reason I chose that word is, is a synonym of, of symmetry is, is, is regularity and uniformity. And the reason I share that with you today, and I've been saying this a lot lately, and we need to grab a hold of it. It must be a God thing. It comes up a lot, so I must be needing to share this with you. We need to be reminded that there's a symmetry in sin, that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. A lot of times in our humanity, all we have to do is find somebody that's a worse sinner than us, and it, it, and it validates my sin. It makes me to feel a little better and be okay, and that's not the thing. I'm not talking about a greasy grace. You know, I'm not talking about a sin in religion, but I am talking about a symmetry of spirituality in that we all fall short. And listen to this. 
Uh, it's another one of those deals of, of words that I don't know if I've ever packaged in a sermon quite this way. But in Romans 3, 23, it says, for we've all sinned and come short, watch this, of the glory of God. And I want to talk about that glory for a moment. There's a place that God has for us where he wants his glory to be on us. Do you remember the story with Moses? Do you remember Moses wanted to see more of the glory? Do you remember that? And, and God told him that you can't look at my face because in your humanness, if you see my glory, you, you won't live. That's your kind of glory. Eternity is going to be about the Shekinah glory of God. Hmm. You see, it's going to be so powerful in eternity, the presence of God, that there's not going to be any street lamps that says... There's not going to be any lights. There's not going to be any electricity, light bulbs. I, I can't even fathom that. But, but know this. It's because of that glory. The garden messed up the symmetry of God's glory in our life. And what we were left with was the symmetry of sin in every one of our lives. And our only way to deal with it is in Jesus Christ. <laughs> the glory. As, as John just wrote, this just came to my mind. John wrote in, in, his, in his gospel, in his epistle, we beheld his glory as the only begotten, <laughs> the glory. And all God wants for you in your life is for the glory to be there. <laughs> oh, when issues of life come along, what, what, what sustains us? It's the glory of God. We have salt and light groups that have been dealing with. It's gotten back to me. You know, some of you folks need to know that even church folks talk to the preacher about stuff. People have been dealing with this subject for some time. I, I know it's been around forever. I've had, we've had David Ring on this stage twice. Um, a, a fellow with cerebral palsy, and, and you look at his life, he, can, he can't walk right, and he can't talk right, as he says in his testimony. And people would wonder, how could a holy God allow that to happen to someone? How could God, I don't know why bad things happen to good people. But this, the next time you and I say, why shouldn't it, why, why does this have to happen to me? I want to ask you a question. Why not happen to you? <laughs> See, sometimes we need perspective, don't we? We think that we're so good and we're so holy and we're so righteous and, and we got so many good things about us that even God shouldn't allow something to happen in our life. My thing is, why not? Before I want to put COVID on you, why not me? <laughs> hmm. Because we need to understand the symmetry. We need, and, and i got to move on, but the, but the understanding today that, that I don't get a pass because sin is what it is and we're all sinners, I don't get a pass. My only hope today is Jesus Christ, all right? And we all are. So we got the, the issues, there's the symmetry that goes with it. Secondly, there's also symptoms. And man, aren't we aware of that? You know, everybody I've talked to that's either had COVID or they haven't had it, they want to know about your symptoms. And man, we, it's like a support group for symptoms. We, we tell everybody what our symptoms are. And, and when you find somebody that's got the same symptoms you have and you just gravitate to them and then somebody will come along and say, I didn't really have any of those. And we just say, well, you're really not worthy of our conversation. You can't be in our club because you didn't have the symptoms that we have. But let me tell you something, when I think about the issues of life, let me tell you some things about some symptoms. Mm, listen to this. Sometimes we talk about that glory, and I want to make one more reference to it, when Lazarus, i probably preach on Lazarus in the next few weeks. Do you remember when they were having the conversation, they told him, said, Mary, Martha, won't you to come? Lazarus is sick, and Jesus waited. And I love the part of the story when he's going to roll the stone away, and one of the sisters said, listen, he's been dead four days. He's stinking, Lord. 
But Jesus summed it up and he did it on other occasions where he said, listen, this is happening for the glory of God. Somewhere you and I need to reacquaint ourselves with the presence and the, and the relationship with God to the point that God wants to ha- bestow his glory on us. That other people experience the glory of God. Again, that's what eternity is going to be. It's going to be that Shekinah glory. Hmm. Symptoms. <laughs> oh, listen, as far as glory, if we can understand God, where are you? Where are you hanging out in this stuff? Back to this deal about trouble. In my, the world that I live in, I thought about a fellow yesteryear. Um, just bless my heart. He's crazy. I guess, you know, that oh, one fellow said that I'm, I'm crazy. I, I'm a nut, but at least I'm screwed on the right bolt. You know, that, that applies to this fellow. He's a nut. This is what he said. He's, we were talking about hurting. We were talking about symptoms, talking about things. And he said, you know what I found? And he was an older gentleman. He said this. I'm going to put it up here. He said, things that don't hurt don't work. I remember, I thought how comical that was. And sometimes we need to understand that, that we are fallen, folks. And the symptoms that go with this life, and this is not a downing sermon, we're going somewhere with this, is is that we need to understand the symptoms. What we do a lot of times is we see somebody worse than We realize we're all in this thing together. The, The symmetry of it and the symptoms of it remind us that we're all going to have issues, just like this woman did. And the last is this, when I think, about issues, is there should be a sympathy level that we should all have. This has been, this is crazy to say about COVID, but the last couple of weeks have been good for me. It wasn't good in all the stuff that I was feeling. I wouldn't put that on somebody I didn't like. <laughs> but I, I, it, was, it was unbelievable to think about that other people are going, it gave me a greater awareness. And, and she's here in the service today, and, and I want to thank her but early on, something that really broke my heart, and, and, and I hope I don't get quite as emotional as I did at the 9 o'clock service, but uh, I've always been a student of God's Word. One of the greatest sayings i ever heard is, if your Bible is falling apart, your life won't be. <laughs> and, and, and in the beginning was the Word, and the Word's with God, and the Word was God. I, I want to encourage you folks to, to, to have the Word, because there might be a condition, and it happened to me these past couple of weeks, there might be a condition when you pick up the Word of God, you can't comprehend what you're reading. I, I guess that's a first in my life, as much as I love God's Word. One of my prayers for today, for this sermon, you're going to laugh at this, but I'm being serious. One of my prayers for this sermon today is that I would make sense. Because I've had conversations the last couple of weeks that didn't make sense. Some of you would be like Bo, you would say about that. Bo's been, I've been laughing a lot at some of this stuff. Bo thinks he had COVID like in the 70s. Because he has foggy thinking. <laughs> I don't remember what I... Bo's got a list that's eight or ten things long. It's all the symptoms of COVID. And so we've had that thing. But, but let me tell you something. It's, it's broken my heart. I'm literally sitting at my house two weeks ago. And I pick up God's word to read it. I can't comprehend what I'm reading. That's one of the hardest things. Doesn't that, that sound so ridiculous? That very day. That very day I get a text from Miss Judy Brazier. She will be upset with me because I mentioned her name. And I'm, I'm telling you a ministry that she has. And, and I'm giving away her, 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 her crown and recognition because I'm doing it. As the scripture says, I'm put, making it public. She sent me a verse. And that verse was exactly what I needed that day. That day I picked up the word of God. I couldn't understand what I was reading. And what it was, it was about pages of comprehension. I, I don't, they talk about the fogginess of COVID and all this kind of stuff. And and the reason I'd cut up about Bo is some people say, well, you're confusing us a lot. So you might think I had COVID a long time ago, all right? But here's the point. 
Miss Judy Brace has sent me a verse, and she's been doing one. She's already done it today. And so many of those verses were exactly. And see, it was enough for me that I could comprehend. Mm. That, that one verse with an emoji of a praying hands and a smiling face and the others that she would put was exactly what I needed in that moment. And so, so the point here that I want to share with you from the standpoint of, of sympathy is we need to be reminded, and I think COVID does that for us as well as the day and age we're living in, we need to be reminded of the commonality that we have because of sin, but also because of Jesus. We need to be sympathetic and understanding of other people. Amen. Um, and and if I, I pray this makes sense to you. For sometimes it's been on my mind that every day of my life, I ought to check on three people. And they might be board members, they might be staff members, they might be family members, they might be church members, they might just be in the community. Maybe they would be uh, Andy Fullington, that, uh, a fellow pastor, friend of mine that I've known for years, knew him before he pastored here. And a uh, house burned a few weeks ago to the ground. Lost everything on that deal. I mean, everything gone. Lightning struck their house. And so there needs to be something that, okay, uh, we're between homes, but everything that you have, we got to be sympathetic because somebody that we, we, we share commonality with in Christ, we share commonality with in the world that we live in, we, ha- we all have issues, everything they has is gone. It ought to move us. There's something wrong if we're so hard-hearted that it doesn't move us where other people are. And sometimes I believe a righteous, holy God will allow something to come into your life to re-energize you and re-emphasize sympathy in your life. I believe it. And sometimes we live in a life we can get so hard-hearted that we might miss the very opportunity to be Jesus to someone. Amen? And we need reminders. So there's a sympathy that goes with it because of this commonality. Mm, A lot more. I didn't say that at the the 9 o'clock service, so y'all must need it or something, all right? There's a verse that I want to remind you of I've often talked about. Maybe the greatest verse I know when it comes to everyday church life. Paul was writing about the, the, the body of Christ, and he, and he talked about body, and he made parallels between our physical body, eyes and ears and all that, the parts of the body, and how that body becomes totality when you put all those parts together. He makes that same through spiritual gifts, does that for the spiritual body or the body of Christ. And he said this verse in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26. It says, so if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Hmm. One member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. And it's just a great reminder when it comes to sympathy that we need to be reminded that we're part of each other. And if we get to the point as a believer in Jesus Christ that we're not moved the way we should be in Christ, then we need to pray for God to do something fresh in our life. And I do think there's an element that's helped me the last couple of weeks. That's therapeutic for me to say that, to be reminded. That when one hurts, how many of us hurt? Oh, That means there should be a natural sympathy that goes with that. I don't know if you've ever studied this out. There's other definitions of it. But the difference between empathy and sympathy, you ever heard this? That The difference between sympathy and empathy is empathy means you've been through it. And so when someone else is going through what you're going through, you will be more compassionate, more moved by them because you've been through what they're going through. But whether we have or not, God still called us to be sympathetic, to be moved, and to hurt when other people hurt. When I was putting all this together, there was just some things that I wanted to say that didn't fit in there. <laughs> just things that, that I want to say, all right? And I uh, just want to do this great note, great thing to go back and think about. Here's number one. When I think about, I, I just want to say some things. Number one is this, time matters. 
When I read this story over and over, I don't know how many times I read it in the last little while, but this woman was having an issue for 12 years. Think about it. She'd been to every doctor. She spent all that she had. She'd cashed in every CD. She'd gotten into her 401k. She'd gotten all the retirement stuff she had. She'd gone to the cookie jar. She'd taken everything that she had. This is what it says. Not only has she done all that for 12 years, but it says she got worse. At the end of 12 years, she was worse than when she first started trying for treatments. Hmm. 12 years. Just go and do a little math and you want to do some hour thing, but, but you know, 12 years, you got, you, you got 365 days in, at one year. So you got to multiply that and then you multiply those minute deal in there, 60 minutes, and you'll find out that she had spent over 150,000 hours dealing with an issue in life. Long time, isn't it? Long time something wake you up in the middle of the night. Something long time for something that you can't get any rest, you can't go to sleep to start off with. Long time of a of, of mental issue and you, you can't get any mind rest. It's a long time to deal with things, isn't it? And many times when we deal with issues in life, people have just become and they just put it out there like it's normal. And I hope today you realize that when God says today that he's provided what you need to deal with the issue of your life. Time matters. And I also want to tell you this, that the scripture says this about today's also the day of salvation. I want to tell you and remind you today, not this is a minister of the gospel, it is a saved, blood-bought believer in Jesus Christ that today is the day of salvation. You know why? Because time matters. That a sovereign God allowed you to hear this sermon, whether it was virtually or in person or out in the parking lot, God allowed you to hear this today to remind you that today is the day of salvation. That God says time matters. Time is ticking, today is the day. Make sure you don't carry that issue any further than God wants you to carry it because he's provided it for you. Time matters. Secondly, tolling matters. I'm not on a soapbox today or standing on a soapbox because I'm sitting in a chair like Glenn did two weeks ago. It's not a soapbox, but I do want to remind you today that I still believe that effort matters. I still believe that God put us on this place to do something. Not just to sit around in sorriness waiting for something to happen. I even wrote it out this way, and it's original. <laughs> it's, it, it, and it's just, I just want you to see a visual of it to me, but I believe everything about me. To, it, there's something about it. It's hard to see much success in sorriness. I know that's cut and dry, probably the most cut and dry thing I'll say in this sermon, but I still believe tolling matters. I don't think it's coincidental that she sought out her touch. She wanted to touch him so badly, and she had her need met because she she put effort and energy into it. Can't imagine her energy level. Mine's been pretty low. I have like the, the, the shakes through this stuff, and, and it's not that you can see it, but it's like on the inside. I couldn't imagine somebody, the life's in the blood. I couldn't imagine somebody for over 150,000 hours has been dealing with this issue that her energy level was low every day, and yet somehow or another she got through the crowd to touch him. Tolling matters. Jesus stopped the whole processional when she touched him. I hope today that encourages you. That if you have an issue of life, I hope you're chasing him today. I hope your desire today is to touch the hem of his garment. Tolling matters. Last thing I want to say here, just let me say this to you, that the touch also matters. The thing that I see going on that troubles me as much as all of it, any of it that's going on is this isolation thing. And in the King James, I want to share these two verses with you. It says, but he was wounded for our transgressions, for you. 
He was wounded for you and for me to pay sin's debts for you and me. And not only that, but he provided for us healing so that issues do not reside in our life. They don't have preeminence in our life. They don't dictate to our life. He provided for us an opportunity for us to put the issues of life as they come along. We put those issues to visit lakeshorecmc.org to find out more online. That's lakeshorecmc.org. Thank you for joining us.